While Sydney and her friends visit the Hollywood set of Stab 3, the third film based on the Woodsboro murders, another ghostface killer rises to terrorize them. This is Ryan. And this is Ashley. And this is Ruining Our Childhood. A nostalgic weekly podcast where a married couple rewatches and reviews our favorite 90s and 2000s movies, not named Airheads, to decide if they <laughs> hold up to our adult standards. Yes. If you're listening to this episode going, I voted in last week's poll, mm-hmm. and the choices were Airheads and The Day After Tomorrow, and Airheads was the clear winner. Yes. Um, on all of our polls on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Well, fun fact, we literally went to go record the episode, and I pulled up Just Watch like I always do. Like to, I always to do. To tell you guys where it's going to be, and it's not on anything anymore. No. But it was over the summer, because that was the reason we added it to a poll in the first place. It was like on months ago. Hulu. Yeah. Yeah. Because we hadn't seen it in a long time. I'm like, oh, that'd be a fun movie to do. Yeah. And yeah, they took it off and we can't find it anywhere, not even to buy or rent. Mm-mm. So we're calling an audible. Yes. Is that the word you use? Calling an audible. Got to get up and, there and change the play. And we were going to do this anyway next week. So we're doing it a week early. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're doing Scream 3, if you can't tell. Yes. We've done the first two movies. If you haven't listened to them, go check them out. They're hilarious episodes. Mm-hmm. And we're celebrating Halloween with Scream 3. Yeah. And we were going to put the bracket, the loser bracket on hold next week and, you know, celebrate Halloween. But I guess we're doing it a week early. And we decided with Airheads and The Day After Tomorrow, obviously Airheads won. So The Day After Tomorrow will be uh, proceeding in the bracket. They're moving anyway. to the Elite Eight. Yes. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, we can't watch Airheads. So... Whenever it comes back up on a streaming service, we'll keep an eye out for it. Mm-hmm. We will do the episode. Bonusode for like, everyone. We'll, we'll just drop everything, leave our jobs in the middle of the day. I was going to say, I think <laughs> I'm going to have to tell my bosses, like, I need to be, I'm going to be sick today. I'm not sick. I just need to watch Airheads. Yeah. They'll understand. And we'll we'll put it out there. Even if we have, you know, two episodes that week, we'll put it out there because it's owed. It is. But I also am like, is it the listener's fault for voting, for not voting for Airheads back in June when we did it? I'm just saying. It kind of is your guys' fault for going, <laughs> let's watch Billy Madison. Yeah. Ugh. That was in July, I think, actually. I, yeah. And we're just kidding, by the way. We appreciate you guys voting yes. in our polls. We we love it. And mm-hmm. it's, it's been fun. And... Again, we're, we apologize that Airheads is nowhere to be found. Yeah. And it's so frustrating because it's 2020, man. You should be able to find literally any movie in the universe online and watch it. We're subscribed to a lot of different streaming services. Yes. Put it on one of them. I mean, come on. WWE Network. What are you doing? I And I know there's probably somebody right now listening to this going like, you probably could find like a bootleg or, you know, some sort of shoddy thing mm-hmm. on YouTube. But I'm I'm not I'm what? not that serious about it, bro. Like, I want it to be like a real thing. I'm not yeah. going to go digging for it too much. But I did. I did dig for it a little bit. You check Just Watch. I didn't believe it and immediately went to the living room and started checking every streaming service. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it, it's not there. No. Yeah. It's frustrating. It is. But And if we're wrong, 
then let us know. If you found it somewhere, yeah, let us know. Yeah, if it's on... Of course, if you're listening to this like in six months and it's on everything again, then yeah. don't let us know. Yeah, don't come at me in February 2021 <laughs> and be like, it's on Netflix. And we're like, yeah, we know. Also, if it's February 2021, what what is the world like right now? Ooh. I just want to know. Send us an email. Ruiningourchildhood at gmail.com. There you go. <laughs> so anyway, we're doing the 2000 classic Scream 3 today to celebrate Halloween in all its glory. Yes. We've done both movies. Mm-hmm. Great films, I think. Yeah. I think we liked both. I I know there was some actors I didn't uh, particularly <laughs> care for, one Matthew Lillard. In the first one. In the first one. But even if I said the movie didn't hold up, which I doubt, it was a good fun rewatch. Yeah. I guarantee it. These are fun, scary movies. Yes. And uh, so What's in this it? episode, you can expect some... You know, specific categories for the Scream franchises, like best kills or best best deaths, I think we did last time. Mm -hmm. And there's going to be some good uh, big names. Yeah, some cameos in there. I was going to say, Scream delivers on the people you've actually heard of. Yeah, the well, hello there category should be pretty good. So go ahead and hit us with some 2000 facts by going down memory road. Yes, this movie was released on February 4th of 2000. Seems like a decade ago. Some might even say two decades ago. It literally was two decades ago. Yeah, it had a budget of $40 million and it grossed $161.8 million. Popular TV shows from 2000 were Survivor, ER, and Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? The number one song the week the movie came out was Savage Garden, I Knew I Love You. A couple other popular songs were Destiny's Child, Say My Name, and Santana featuring the product G&B, Maria Maria. Nice. And popular movies were X-Men, Scary Movie, and What Lies Beneath. Ooh, Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah. So, what is your earliest memory of Scream 3? I do remember seeing it in theaters. It was probably one of the first R-rated movies I saw in theaters. Because mm-hmm. I do not think I was 16. I think I was 15 when this came out. And so I think my... I would assume I went with my brother. Because he would buy the ticket for the R-rated movie for me. Yeah. But the other thing I remember was my brother... My oldest brother had started working at a video rental store. The, those don't exist anymore. But Good times. They would have the posters hanging in there, and when they were done with them, he could take some of them if he wanted, and he gave me a Scream 3 movie poster, and I had it on the back of my bedroom door for, like, four years. Nice. Yeah. I liked the movie, but yeah, I thought it was pretty cool, because it was a Scream fun franchise from my youth. That's true. Yeah. What about you? This one I also actually did see in theaters with my brother. Get out of town. Yeah. It's (laughs) amazing. Mm -hmm. Doesn't happen, but I do remember... Uh, because I loved the first two films a lot. Mm-hmm. It was just me and him, I'm pretty sure, when we saw it. But I, I do remember a lot of things about this movie. Certain characters that are new mm-hmm. to the franchise and the, the whole plot. So I think out of a lot of the movies that we've done for this podcast, this one, I definitely re- vividly remember a lot of parts. I think I've only seen it maybe twice. Really? To be honest, yeah. I think when I was younger, it was my favorite, and I think it's because I did see it in theaters, and because it does have, you know, a couple new newer characters mm-hmm. that I did like, and 
The fact that it's also like set in Hollywood and stuff and on a movie set. Yeah. It's like Sydney's not in a safe space, I would say. Yeah, no. You know, where yeah. she technically was in safe spaces in her college and in her hometown. Yeah. So. No, when you're on a Hollywood movie set, you don't know where there's doors and stuff. Yeah. You know, it's... I mean, it's not, I know the whole movie's not set in the set of Stab 3, but a lot of it's around that area. Yeah, and sure. But anyway, do you think this movie is going to hold up? Ooh, I'm going to say yes. Because I enjoy the first two, and there was a market for a fourth one and a fifth one. Because aren't they and making a, TV a fifth one? show? I think so. I think they're making another one. That yeah, and a TV show. It was a franchise that had staying power, and I'm assuming you know, that doesn't mean all of them are home runs. But I'm thinking it had to have been good enough that they were like, we should continue this. Yeah. And so I'm gonna say yeah, it's gonna hold up. I I'm a little leery, and I can't really remember what we said about the second one. At the end of the... I should probably go listen to our podcast, Scream 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we did it last last Halloween or last October. Yeah, because we did the first Scream really early. I think it was like the fourth episode or something. Yeah, of the podcast. Yeah. The thing I do remember about the writing and the plot of this film is it's really funny, mm-hmm. too. Like, it's funny. It's clever. It's very meta. Okay. Which is our humor. And I think that assisted the first two in holding up you know yeah so i think this third one should hold up as well obviously you have a most a majority of the cast returning Mm -hmm. all the survivors right all the people that are still alive yeah there's like four (laughs) and so that obviously helps with sequels because when people don't return to sequels that kind of bums you out especially if it's a character you really like that's always my biggest issue with sequels um I think it plays into whether or not I want to see him a lot yeah. of times when you're going, well, that person's not coming back. That's kind of lame. If a movie is good enough to have a sequel, there's usually because there's like a chemistry component to like how the cast plays on each other. And then mm-hmm. you're going to remove part of that. Yeah. And it just doesn't usually work. It's my biggest knock on Pirates of the Caribbean. Exactly. We've talked about yep. it on our bonus sode. Join um, the Ruiners Club to listen to yeah. that one. Mm-hmm. At ruiningourchildhood.com. Correct. <laughs> so we both agree probably will hold up. Yes, for sure. I'm sure there's going to be stuff that dates the movie. I could see there being some uh, technology, mm-hmm. some of the clothing, because I'm thinking about what I was wearing in 2000, mm-hmm. and I was not a suave looking guy. No. I thought I was. That's true. I mean, don't you always think? I remember when I was a kid thinking like what I'm wearing is so much cooler than what they wore in like the 80s and yeah. stuff. And then I th- I look back and I'm like, it's just all regurgitated too, by the way. Yeah, it all like, comes back. In 2000, I remember like the peasant tops were really popular, mm-hmm. like 99, 2000. And those handkerchiefs that you put in your hair, mm-hmm. I put in my hair. And I look back at pictures of those and I'm like, you're so dumb. It, but... I will tell you right now, in five years, if those things come back, I'll probably rock one. I have two words for you. Bucket hat. <laughs> yes. Okay. We all I think those are. I think those might have come back. We've had this discussion before. Get rid of them, people. <laughs> no. Don't bring we them back. We never learn. No, we don't. As humans, we're just stumbling through life. Mm-hmm. You know? Bad fashion faux pas. Bring it back. It'll be fine. <laughs> Puka shells. Why bleached, not? Bleach tips. Sure. Absolutely. Logan Eccles on the first season of <laughs> Veronica Mars, basically. Yes. 
So yeah, where you can find this is you can rent it or buy it if you'd like. So mm-hmm. that's that's good. That's that a apparently plus. apparently that's a thing that not all movies have. You can also stream this on Tubi, which is actually looking at it. I'm clicking on Tubi. Mm-hmm. It's a what? No, it's saying content unavailable. You little bastards. Never mind. Apparently, just watch needs to update their thing. Hey. Hopefully, we can rent it. <laughs> so I will double check other places. I'll oh. check a different website. And I will let you guys know if there's any other apps you can find Scream 3. I know, I think we had this theory last year where they take off Halloween movies on October. Mm -hmm. Especially ones that people actually want to watch. Yes. And make you rent them. Mm -hmm. But if it's like February, they're like, we'll put all the screams up. Same thing with Christmas movies. That's true. Because you want to watch those in May. And maybe that's why Airheads isn't up there is Brendan Fraser is terrifying to people. And he gives them nightmares. So they took it down for Halloween. Why does Brendan Fraser give people nightmares? It was a joke. Oh. We make fun of Brendan Fraser on our podcast. I make fun of him, but I don't think he gives me nightmares. No, it was a joke. <laughs> we, like the the we like the B-Fraser. We like the B-Fraser. It sucks that we can't watch Airheads. But anyway, we're going to go and try to find Scream 3 mm-hmm. on something. Because yeah. we don't own it for some reason. No, we, we just have the first two. Yeah. Why? I don't know. Maybe we have it on Blu-ray. Total possibility. We'll check that. We might have it, guys. <laughs> this is a mess. <laughs> we're just we're just here, guys. We're spitballing. Yeah, we're spitballing. Okay, so anyway, we're going to go ahead and hit the pause. pause. We did it at the same time. Yeah. And we're going to go watch Scream 3. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. Okay, and we're back. We just finished watching the movie Scream 3. We're going to go ahead and kick things off with our first category, Well, Hello There. Well, hello there. Where we talk about any cameos of famous or recognizable actors or actresses that we forgot were in the movie. And in this case, this is the third one we've watched in this trilogy. So there was some returning people. Yeah, so we'll just quickly go over the returning cast. Uh, Nev Campbell as Sidney Prescott. Courtney Cox as Gail Weathers. David Arquette as Dewey Riley, apparently. Mm Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that was his last name. Me until neither. I looked it up because I was like, is it something else? And then they changed it. But in the first movie, he's actually credited as Deputy Dewey. So he okay. didn't technically have a last name. But maybe his sister did. I'll have to look that up later. Also making two small cameos, uh, Leave Schreiber as Cotton Weary and Jamie Kennedy as, why well, can't I remember? Randy. Randy Meeks. Randy Meeks. Sorry. I just like blinked for a second um so now we can get into our actual cameos mm-hmm. and do you know who my first one was who the l- acting legend low flying helicopter oh that's true first scene low flying helicopter coming out flying over the traffic and they uh come in on cotton who was yep. in his car driving yep yeah la traffic yeah la traffic and an appearance by an acting legend that's true. More acting credits than Robert De Niro. Right. Yeah. Um, my first one was Cotton's girlfriend, Christine, is played by Kelly Rutherford. Mm-hmm. And she was in Gossip Girl. And that's all I wrote because I forgot to look up her IMBD. What else? She was on Melrose Place. That's what it was. I yeah. knew there was something else. Yeah, but the younger crowd would know her from the Gossip Girl. Yeah. Yeah. From 
the gossip girl. the gossip girl and by the younger crowd you mean people that are like only like two years younger than us that is correct that because that show is super old too now <laughs> when i see the when we have uh netflix yeah paused and it goes to the screensaver that's one of the ones that pops up and i'm like oh they that that does look dated yeah because it it's like 2007 yeah. yeah um who is your next one my next one the beautiful man that is Patrick Dempsey. Yes. Playing Detective Mark Kincaid. You may know him as Dr. Derek Shepard on Grey's Anatomy. And most recently, he was in Bridget Jones's Baby. That's true. He was. Yeah. I looked up his uh, Wikipedia. The thing he's on right now is an Italian show. What? Yes. I'm not joking. What is it called? I cannot remember. Because oh. when I clicked on it, I was like, oh, I'm like, I don't recognize any of these names. And then they're like, this is an Italian show. And I'm like, what the hell is Patrick Dempsey on an Italian show? He asked his wife, do you want to go to Italy? (laughs) Okay, let's go. I got a show. Was he Mick Dreamy? Yes. Mm -hmm. And then Eric Dane was Mick Steamy. Mm, Mick Steamy. Still good looking. We we just finished Euphoria and Eric Dane's on it. His character's a dad now, which is weird. (laughs) And yeah. (laughs) If you haven't watched Euphoria... Go check it out. It is such a good. I like. I think I could rewatch that several times. Like it is. It's deep, but it's. I don't know. It's a good. I'm excited for season yeah. two. If you only know Zendaya from the Spider-Man movies, or, which she's you know, really good in them. If you're younger and you watch her like on Disney Channel, on like Casey, Casey Undercover. Undercover. But go watch Euphoria. You're gonna be like, hey, that chick is a freaking awesome actress. Yeah, she is really good. So good. I digress. Mm-hmm. My next one is one of my personal faves, Scott Foley, mm-hmm. plays Roman, and he's from lots of things, but uh, Felicity, mm-hmm. if you like Felicity, <laughs> a Scandal. Yep. He was on a show recently. I think I got canceled, though, with... Um, Whiskey Cavalier? Yes. Yeah, with Lauren Cohan? Yeah. It did get canceled. Mm, sad. Yeah. He's dreamy. You do love yourself some Scott Foley. Yes, who is your next one? My next one, she had a cameo at playing essentially what she is, uh, Nancy O'Dell from Access Hollywood. Oh, yeah. She was like a TV anchor talking about some of the incidents involving Stab 3. Yeah. And yeah, so she was in it. I don't even think they say her name or anything, but she played it's a news reporter. very brief. Yeah. And the next one for me is Josh pa- Paz. Paz? Mm-hmm. I don't know. We said his name in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles episode because mm-hmm. he plays... Raphael. He plays Raphael, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah. And he's also been on SVU and numerous other things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he plays a detective, and apparently I didn't write his name. I didn't De- know Horrible. His name was Wallace. Yeah, he wasn't even like Detective Wallace. He was just Wallace. No. But he was Patrick Dempsey's partner, I mm-hmm. guess. Yeah. Whereas he, it's interesting, they didn't give him a last name. No. He's not Detective Wallace. He's just Wallace. Maybe, maybe his last name is Wallace, and they just said his name okay i don't know that's possible next my next is lance henriksen yes he plays john milton who is the he's the producer of stab right the fictional movie within this movie and the big thing he was in was he was in the alien movies he played bishop in those yes so in aliens Mm -hmm. and he was on a tv show i remember uh around 2000 around this time or a little earlier millennium yeah i feel like he had like psychic powers or something i don't know my mom watched it i think it was like on after exiles 
That sounds I right. I could be making it up. No, that sounds right. Okay. Yeah. It was on Fox. Yes. Yeah. My next one is Jenny McCarthy. Mm-hmm. She plays Sarah Darling. Yes. And she's been in a bunch of movies, but you, if you're our age, you probably know her as the host of Singled Out. With Chris Hardwick. Yeah. Uh, but she was in bas- Basketball. Mm-hmm. I almost said Basketball. Yeah. Basketball. And Two and a Half Men. And currently she's uh, one of the judges on The Masked Singer. That's what she's doing, yeah. Yeah. My next one is Dion Richman. My next one was Dion Richman. He plays Tyson Fox. I remember him from Van Wilder. Mm-hmm. And it looks like he was on 38 episodes of Sister, Sister. Yeah. Yeah. So I totally want to do a rewatch on that because it's on Netflix. I mm-hmm. totally watched it as a kid. He was also on The Cosby Show. Oh, okay. And not another teen movie. He was the token black guy. <laughs> oh, God. Token black guy? Not another teen movie. Okay. Yeah. My next one is em- Emily Mortimer. Mm-hmm. She plays Angelina, who basically has the Sydney Prescott part in Stab 3. Mm-hmm. And she's obviously in a lot of things. But mm-hmm. most recently, Mary Poppins Returns mm-hmm. and The Newsroom. Yeah. Those are my... I, she's great on the newsroom. Yeah. Is it you that always thought she was Emily in Friends? That is correct. It's totally different actress. Totally different actress. Yeah. Her name's Emily. She is British, but she wasn't on Friends. Yeah. There's more than one British person named Emily. Yeah. That's and crazy. also that actress's name is not Emily. The character's name was Emily. Yep. <laughs> uh, good times. Thanks. But she does kind of look like her. I will say that. Okay. Thank you for at least redeeming me slightly. Yeah. But I think she... Emily Mortimer's a lot younger if you think about it. Yeah. Because she looked really young in this. Yes. And Emily was on Friends five years before this. Right. So. Anyway, go yeah. ahead. My next one was Parker Posey. She plays Jennifer Jolie in this. Um, she is essentially the Gail Weathers in the Stab movie. Right. Uh, Parker Posey was in You've Got Mail, which was one of our movies we've done. Uh, pretty much every Christopher Guest movie... So, For Your Consideration yes. and Best in Show. And most recently, she's on the television version. She was on an episode of it, of The High Fidelity on yeah. Hulu. I think that got canceled. Oh, sad. I mean, I don't know if it was meant to be more than one season, if it was supposed to be just a miniseries. Mm. I don't know. I didn't watch it. We didn't. I wanted to, but I also love the John Cusack movie so much that I was just like, eh. I do. But I do like Zoe Kravitz, so... Yeah, but I really, yeah. If you ask me to name my favorite Cusack movie, it's that one. It's up there for me. Yeah. But anyway, (laughs) we're really getting on some tangents. It's all good. My next one is an actor named Matt Kiesler. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's how you say it. He plays Tom, and he hasn't, at least not on his IMVD, hasn't acted in the last couple years, but he was on an episode of Grimm, but the thing I remember him from is an ABC family movie called snow globe it has christina milian and i watch it a lot every christmas. christmas i was gonna say you say you, when you were like i watch it a lot i was like during christmas yeah it's not as high as christmas cupid and holiday and handcuffs but uh, it's like when i need a cheesy christmas tv movie i'm like i guess i'll watch snow globe for the 30th time yeah i think i've only seen that one once but holiday and handcuffs it, it is the best so good. A, the best Mar- ABC Family Christmas Mario movie. Lopez. Yeah. Mario? That's how they say it. That's I how see, people say it. I'm pretty sure that's how I you say, say it. say Mario. It should be Mario, but I feel like people say Mario. The only one I ever heard say Mario was Mario Lemieux and Mario Andretti. 
They would always say him, and I would always go, Mario Lemieux. <laughs> yeah, anyway. My next one, one of my favorites, Patrick Warburton as Stephen Stone. You know Patrick Warburton. He was David Putty on Seinfeld. He was on The Tick. He is the voice of Joe on Family Guy. But for a Disney fan, you know him as the person who does the pre-ride video for Disney's Soren, And he famously tells the guy, good work, pal. <laughs> yeah. Or nice job, pal. And he tells the middle-aged man to take off his... Mickey ears. Mickey ears. He's yeah. like, gotta stow those puppies. I don't think he says puppies. Beauties. Those, those beauties in the, in the compartment below. Under <laughs> a compartment underneath your seat there. Yeah. yeah. He's times. so good. Yeah, his yeah. voice is just, you know. It's a great voice. It's a great voice. He's the, uh, like, Keith David. Just yes. a voice, you hear it, you know who it is. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. My next one is a literal cameo, Jay and Silent Bob. Yeah. Are just walking on set, uh, doing a set tour. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Jason Mewes and Kevin Smith, but they were playing Jay and Silent Bob. Yeah. And I totally forgot they Same. were on it. I didn't realize they had a line. Yeah. Because I was like, that's Kevin Smith. That's Jason Mewes. And then they kind of get a little line in there. And yeah. Just real brief. Definition of a great cameo. Yeah. My next one was Heather Matarazzo. Yeah. She plays Randy, uh, Jamie Kennedy's sister. Her name's Martha. The big thing I remember her from is Princess Diaries. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Princess Diaries, uh, she was in an indie film called Welcome to the Dollhouse, which I watched at a very young age and didn't quite understand it, but still watched it. Okay. Because it was weird, and I was probably the same age as her in mm-hmm. the film, but it was very... It, I want to rewatch it. I haven't seen it forever. What's it about? About her, and she's kind of a weirdo, and she's going through puberty, and stuff happens. Oh. It's one of those movies, I feel like, that probably doesn't have an actual plot, but things are just happening, you know? And it would have really spoke to you at 16. I watched it when I was like 12. Oh, that's way too early to be watching yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. The last one I have is another literal cameo. Carrie mm-hmm. Fisher plays Bianca, who is a woman that works at the studio, who they mention looks uncannily like Carrie Fisher. Yeah. So it's a joke. Yeah. I like how she's like, the other one got the job because she was willing to sleep with George Lucas. Yeah, which is a theme. It's a theme in this movie. And I will hit you with a fun fact. What? Who was the executive producer of this movie? Oh. Harvey Weinstein. Gross. I was thinking that when they were making this. It kind of comes up multiple times. Yeah. And I was like, ooh. Did you have anybody else? I did not. So the next category is called Kids Would Call It a Throwback. We call it the prime of our teens, literally. Mm -hmm. I was 14 when this movie came out. Where we talk about the fashion, dated references, and that's it. Yeah. (laughs) What did you think about the fashion? There was a lot of it I didn't think was bad. No. Um, But there was a couple interesting pieces for me. Uh, Right off the bat, the first person we see is Lee Schreiber. Yes. And he is wearing a white suit with a white shirt, white shoes, all in white. He, yeah. He pulls it off. He does. I, I think it had some shoulder pads, which I'm yeah. thinking Lee Schreiber probably doesn't need. I was like, that's a interesting look. Yeah, it was all white. Mm-hmm. And you know what? This was probably after Labor Day. You don't do that. Right? 
Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Good good point. The only thing other thing I really had to talk about because I think the female fashion wasn't too bad and I actually liked the outfit that Nev Campbell wears. Yeah. Uh, towards the end of the movie where it's like just a hoodie and a nice suede jacket. Mm-hmm. It looks nice. It's yeah. classic. But in this one, we like to talk about the hair and Gail's tiny bangs. Oh, my Lord. I wish I could pull them off. They're so amazing. <laughs> her hair, I, I mean, we've talked about it in the last two movies. Her hair is so iconic in all of these movies. To the point where uh, Parker Posey's character kind of has the highlights from the first film. Yes. You know, those like thick bleach blonde highlights. The one thing I'll say is, you know, Courtney Cox is on one of the most iconic television shows of our lives and friends. And they do a great job in these movies making her look different. Yeah, she doesn't look like Monica Geller. No, they do. They take some risks, but it's a good idea. So they. People can differentiate those. For sure. I agree. I noted her one outfit. When they go, the very first time they go to the stab set, she Uh. is wearing a yellow blazer, yellow pants, (laughs) red shirt. Hulk Hogan approves. (laughs) (laughs) Yellow Uh, She, yeah. Her, yeah, her outfits throughout this whole trilogy are are Some doozies. Yeah. That's pretty much all I had for the fashion I had one other thing. Go ahead. Patrick Warburton <laughs> wearing some metal framed Oakley sunglasses. Really, really small. Yep. Yeah. And I did I'm, notice those. I wanted those so damn bad. I bet you did. In like 98. Even by then, I this time I might have been like, those are a little cheesy. <laughs> but he rocked them. Yeah. He looks like he can kick your ass. He could still looks like he could kick my ass That's and he's true. probably in his 50s. <laughs> What about dated references? Ooh, I got some good ones. Same. Previously mentioned, Patrick Warburton. He plays Steve Stone, who is a celebrity bodyguard in this movie. And he mentions that he was a celebrity bodyguard for Julia Roberts, Salomon Rushdie, and Posh Spice. He did. But I will say this, Victoria Beckham is still an extremely relevant person, but we don't often refer to her as Posh Spice. Not really. No. No. Um, Mine was... When they're talking about, uh, all the actors from the movie are sitting there on the porch talking about uh, the recent murder of Cotton Weary. And they were talking about how, like, the set was doomed. And they talk about how Tori Spelling and David Schwimmer did not want to do the uh, d- do the third movie because mm-hmm. they were technically in Stab 1 and Stab 2. Which I know for sure Tori Spelling does a cameo in the second one. Yes. And I'm pretty sure he does. Does he? Who plays the so. Skeet Ulrich part? It was somebody. We should have went back and listened to our <laughs> old episode because I guarantee we mentioned it. Oh, uh, yeah. It might have been him, but I don't think it was. Mm. I don't know. Maybe it was. Quite There's somebody, somebody saying it. It was. Yeah. It was Ashley. I just listened to your episode. Or I just watched the movie. Uh, what was your next one? Um, Obviously, Gail Weathers plays a reporter, so they name drop a lot of reporters. Yeah. They do, uh, Wallace says he's going to go dust for fingerprints with James Pauly, meaning <laughs> Gail. Yeah. Um, Gail calls Parker Posey's character Geraldo, and the Milton, the producer, calls Gail Lois Lane. Yeah. So they And then al- that. also, to add on that, Jay and Silent Bob, uh, they pass her mm-hmm. on the set, and they're like, oh, it's Connie Chung. <laughs> Jesus. I guess... 
Because she has dark hair. Yeah. And she's a reporter. And she's a female. There you go. Yeah. That's about it. (laughs) My next one was, at one point, Gail calls Jennifer, Parker Posey's character, the Kmart version of her. (laughs) And I was like, that is not a relevant reference. Because I don't even know if Kmart's exist anymore. If there's some... It's very, very small. As I say, there is not a lot. They would probably say Walmart. Yeah. You know. Definitely. The discount version. Yeah. My last one is when Sydney is on the set of Stab 3. Yeah. She goes up into what is her bedroom in this movie set. And there's a poster on the wall for for the band Creed, which that's a dated reference. But at the time, they were very relevant. Right. The highlight for me is they have their website on the bottom of the poster, and their website is www.creednet.com. Creednet.com? Creednet.com. You don't need to put the net. You don't need to, no. The com. And obviously, they are not relevant or probably a band anymore. Did you see if that website works? (laughs) Let's give it a shot. You guys can thank me now. I'll save you the time. It appears the website is no longer active. Darn. Yeah. My last one that I did want to mention, because it is a dated reference. You kind of foreshadowed it a little earlier about Harvey Weinstein. Mm -hmm. But when they go to talk to John Milton about how he might be connected to Sidney's mom, he talks about, casually, talks about how sexually assaulting young actresses are just playing the game. Yes. And that they have to, you know, they have to be willing to do whatever mm-hmm. to get famous. Yeah. And again, that's kind of like a reoccurring theme in this movie, which is pretty cringy and dated now, especially post Me Too. Yes. And Doesn't everything it. that we know. And it's just crazy to me because like hashtag Me Too happened and times have happened. It's like. There was people that were like, what's the problem? Or like, that's not really how it works. That's not really how it happened. And you're like, but why is there so many running jokes about the casting couch exactly. and all this stuff if it's not a reality? As you know? Say, yeah. And obviously in this movie that was made 20 years ago, it's a casual prevalent theme. And they talk about how this had existed years prior with right. Sydney's mom. And then Emily Mortimer's character... Talked about having slept with Scott Foley to get. No, the... she slept with John. So, oh, Milton. slept with him to get the role that she's in. Because I'm just saying, if I had to sleep with Scott Foley to get a part in a movie, it's not a hard thing. <laughs> but sleeping with like a creepy, 50, yeah, fifty year old man. Yeah. 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 Scott Foley, not a problem. <laughs> not a problem for Ashley. <laughs> I'm just saying, those are my standards. Anyway, that's horrible. Did you have anything else? I did not. We're going to go ahead and move on to our next category. And to do that, Ghostface is going to come over here and cut your landline to your phone and talk about some technology. I feel like we haven't had a movie that had a lot of technology. But obviously, this movie from the first scream is all about the phone. Yeah. All about calling the the victim and fucking with them and yeah. then killing them. Yeah. So I did like in the very beginning of the movie, Cotton is in the car mm-hmm. you mentioned earlier and he has a car phone and a cell phone because he's very important he's yes. the host of a big time tv uh show called the 100 percent cotton 
Yes. And I was just going to ask, did you catch the name of yeah, his TV yeah, show? Yeah, it was so horrible. Hundred percent cut. And he has to, you know, he has a lot of phone calls to yeah. field, so he has a car phone. He has a cell phone. He's a popular guy. Yeah. This movie, I I totally agree with you. I was just thinking about it. I'm like, this movie came out on February 3rd. We are 34 days past Y2K. Yeah. So there's some doozies on the technology side. There was a large CD boombox blasting Creed. (laughs) I cannot say a more 2000 sentence (laughs) than a large boombox blasting Creed. Yeah. That's not a good way to get murdered, too, by the way, because that's that's Christine's, right? Yeah. Christine is the first person. Well, technically, she's not the first person to get murdered. Well, she is. She is. And then yeah. Cotton gets murdered yeah. right after her. Yeah. She's listening to Creed on her yeah. big boombox. I did like uh, S- Sydney was, you know, living that work from home life, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. before 2020. She was doing it early. With a doozy of a computer. Yeah. She had she had a color Mac. Yep. Got that teal iMac. Yeah. Mm. And, uh, you know, she was a crisis counselor. Mm-hmm. And she had the cool headset. Yes. Yeah. That gave me flashbacks to my previous career. Yeah. What's your next one? My next one is they're at a party at whose house was it? Not Milton's. It was earlier. Uh, Jennifer's. Jennifer's house. And they get pages of the script yeah. faxed over from Ghostface. Yeah. Yeah. That was a great scene. Yes. Because it was so slow. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the actors especially, because they'd never been through this type of scenario. Obviously, Dewey and... And Gail. And Gail have been through it twice. <laughs> yeah. And so they're like, let's go outside. And they're like, we got to read the faxes. And they're yeah. like, "What? no, that's not fucking important right now. <laughs> Get out of here. We have to stay together. I did like Gail's clunky tape recorder uh, video cam Mm -hmm. to record the set secretly she had a purse made for it yeah it was great it It was was huge though it was massive (laughs) the other thing that i had was randy who is dead at this point yeah he had recorded on a vhs basically the rules to a trilogy and scary movies right and how those work so they had this vhs of that they had a play and i i like that part because i think it's Obviously, he is a big component in the first two films Mm -hmm. in creating this like meta type um, situation or Mm -hmm. where we where like real life is like the movies. And I'm glad they were able to like bring him back in a way. Yeah. It was a great cameo. Yeah. Yeah. His character is very important. Yeah. I find Jamie Kennedy annoying in real life, but I love Randy Meeks. (laughs) The other thing I wanted to talk about, because I didn't catch it until the very end of the movie, but the voice record or the voice changer is Mm -hmm. different in this movie because Mm -hmm. in previous movies, it's always just been the creepy voice. Yeah. And in this movie, the killer Ghostface can has everybody's voices like on this more advanced voice recorder and... I totally forgot that wasn't a thing in the previous movies because there's a point where the detectives come to uh, the set to talk to Roman because he's the last one that spoke to Jenny McCarthy's characters. Sarah. Sarah, before she was murdered. And they're making kind of a big deal about it. And I was just thinking, because Dewey was there, I was like, why don't you just say the killer can use anybody's voice? And I totally forgot that 
that wasn't a thing in the first two movies until they revealed it. Dewey and Gail find the voice changer at the house at, at the end. Yeah. yeah. And they're like, oh, he has our voices. He has everyone's voices. And I was like, oh, yeah. I was literally thinking the same thing. I'm like, well, yeah. The only other thing I had, which it was just, it's kind of funny because it's something that we take for granted, is Gail asked Dewey if his phone has caller ID on it. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, well, yeah. But back then, no. And then at the very end when Roman is, he's looking through the phone to call um, Sydney's phone because he's trying to find her mm-hmm. in the room. And just because it's like a Nokia phone. Yeah. And just like the way the the text is and i was just like oh good takes times. you back those nokia candy bar yeah. phones just play some snake <laughs> yeah that's all i had that is all i had as well nice the next category is called is it even good where we talk about the plot the plot holes and the funniest and cringiest moments of this movie. And just because this is a horror movie, we also have the best or funniest death scene. <laughs> what did you think about the plot? I like the plot yeah. a lot. I think it's really cool the way Ghostface is taking the script and, and they incorporate the stab movie into it all. It's weird because, I, like I said, I think I've only seen this movie a couple times and I'm kind of going, I wish I had watched it more. So I would remember it more. But yeah, I, I liked that part of the plot. I definitely think it's way more meta mm-hmm. than the first two were because you are on a movie set. Yeah. So it just adds another layer of being like meta. And especially when like uh, Sydney is walking around her uh, childhood bedroom. Yeah. And that's got to be weird, you know? Especially you don't have happy memories of this no. childhood bedroom. So there's that. I definitely like the plot. I liked that Randy's rules foreshadow what is going to happen mm-hmm. and what like the big reveal is going to tell a different truth that she didn't know. And I did like the th- that he was leaving pictures of her mom at each death scene. Yeah. Um, I, I felt like that when I, I remember watching it when the fir- for the very first time and it gives almost like a more of a mystery element to mm-hmm. it too. Yeah. I liked it. Yeah, it was really well done. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's not supposed to be believable. There's definitely situations where you're like, really? But it's a horror movie and it is what it is. It's a horror movie. And when I would watch these when I was younger, I would be rooting for people to die. Not going like, <laughs> I don't like that character. I want them to die. I was just happy somebody was dying yeah. in each scene. I remember vividly seeing, seeing the movie. Um, What's the one with Devin Sawa? Final Destination. Final Destination. Thank you. And me and my friends, because we were like the only ones in the theater, we would stand up and applaud every time someone died. You're a psychopath. Yeah. It was like Joey Lawrence died. And we're like, yes. Woo! <laughs> it's the worst. I know. Obviously, it's fake. It's a movie. Nobody actually died no. that we know of. Yes. But you're a psychopath. <laughs> Thank you. I'm just kidding. Did you have any plot holes? I had some issues... Not so much plot holes, but there's a scene where Ghostface throws a knife at Dewey. <laughs> and the handle of the knife hits him square on the forehead. Right. Knocks him out. When the knife's going, you think, like, he's going to get the blade in the head. Right. So you kind of get the curveball of, oh, it's just a, the handle. But still, I'm like, 
that's not going to knock you out. Unless it's Randy Johnson throwing the knife at you. Maybe Roman. He was a pitcher. Yeah, maybe. You're playing? Okay. Know. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> um, there was a line that I had a little bit of an issue with because I just felt like it, it just wasn't true. It was when Jenny McCarthy's character, Sarah, is talking to who she believes to be Roman, which is Ghostface, but actually ends up being Roman, spoiler alert, mm-hmm. about her character. And she's like, I'm not happy that I'm a 35-year-old playing a 21-year-old. And I was just thinking, especially in that time, I think any actress that was 35, if they were getting roles as 21-year-old and they could be believable, they'd be more than happy to. Yes. Because aging as a female in Hollywood has always been a big issue, right? For sure. So I just thought, in a way, that was a plot hole, because I think if you're a good-looking 35-year-old that can pass for a 21-year-old, you're going to be happy that you can get parts as a 21-year-old. Hell yeah. That's a very good point. Another one that I had, again, it was a fight issue, is Sydney, and now we know Roman is Ghostface. Right. They're having a, a good bar brawl, and they're hitting each other with chairs and vases and tables, and it has no effect on either of them. <laughs> So then all of a sudden, McDreamy walks in, he gets hit with a chair, and he's knocked out. Right. WWE style. Wait a minute. I just watched Sydney and Roman hit the shit out of each other with every weapon under the sun. You come in, you get a chair, and now you're out? Well, it maybe it does play with like Randy's rules a little bit where the killer's kind of uh, superhuman, right? Mm-hmm. But maybe because Sydney's been through this literally three times, she's, she's gained also kind of a superhuman ability. I like that theory. Her adrenaline's like, I'm fed up with this shit. <laughs> Can we please stop? Another one that I had was when after Sydney's attacked on the set, she falls out of the bedroom window. Dewey comes and the co- cops come right after. And a bunch of them run up to the room because she's like, he's up there. Yeah. Ghostface is there. I saw him. They run up there and then they're like, there's no one here. Like he's going to be sitting there going, oh, you caught me. Yeah. That's our boy, Josh Pass. Yeah. Looks out the window. He's like, there's no one up here. I'm like, no shit. And they like even uh, Mark, Patrick Dempsey's character insinuates that she saw a vision or, you know, was seeing things. And I'm like, there's a literal killer on the loose. You guys all think that it's somebody that works on set. Mm-hmm. So why don't you believe that she saw the killer? You know Sarah was murdered. Right. In the next building. That's why you're here. Right. <laughs> so I was just like, what? Yeah. What was your next one? Uh, my last one is Sydney is trying to get away from Ghostface at Milton's house. And she goes into a, I'm assuming like an office. And she can see that there's a hidden door underneath a bookcase because she can see the light coming through yeah so she's going over there and she starts ripping all the books off of the bookcase trying to figure out how to open it and finally one of the books opens it but she's basically emptied this right so later in the scene dewey and gail go in and they're just yelling for her you guys can see all of the books on the ground Come on. We all watch Scooby-Doo, guys. Yeah. We know how this works. Dewey, you used to be a police detective yes. or a, a sheriff's deputy. There's one book on there. <laughs> Come on. And and Gail is an investigative journalist. Exactly. <laughs> That's a good point. I did not catch that. I'm like, I'm proud of you. Come on, guys. 
Yeah, Ashley's usually a lot better than me at catching the plot holes. Half the time, you'll notice there's times Ashley goes, did you watch the movie? Because I'm like, I didn't have any. (laughs) My other plot that I had, and I noticed this, I don't know if I noticed it in Scream 2 so much because maybe the setting of the the college didn't really give it the opportunity to, but I definitely remember it from Scream 1 is that they really like to have like doors open at Milton's house like all the doors are open mm-hmm. so you can kind of like be able to see people in other rooms it's just weird because I'm like if there's a killer on the loose I'm locking myself in my house yeah and yeah. not leaving but everybody's doors are just open open at Jennifer's house yeah it's open the front door is open the whole night mm-hmm. at Milton's house all the doors are open we don't even leave our door open and we have a screen door. Yeah. That's, I'm just saying. Yeah. I mean, if it's a nice night out, maybe, but not if you ha- are expecting a serial killer to come find you. Yeah. And then at the very end of the movie, she closes her house door mm-hmm. and it opens and she's just like, meh. Because <laughs> she's not afraid anymore. <laughs> she's like, meh. Big gulps, eh? All right. And I'm like, I'm sorry, Sydney. I know you think it's over because the mastermind of all three movies, has now been killed. But it ain't over. You know it ain't over. No. You got another movie to make in a TV show. In like 10 years. I don't think she was on the TV show. She wasn't on the TV show, but you get where I'm going. (laughs) Yeah. That's pretty much all I had for plot holes. That was, yes, same. What was your funniest liner moment? My funniest moment was when Ghostface is trying to kill Sarah, Jenny McCarthy. To her credit, she's trying to fight back. But she's on a movie set. So all the weapons she's grabbing are props. Right. She grabs a knife. It does nothing. She grabbed like, I think it was might have been a crowbar or something. And she hits him and it just bends. That was well done. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Mine was a part. I don't know if it was meant to be funny, but it just made me crack up. It's they're at Jennifer's house. Gail has followed Dewey there. And it's right after they find out that Sarah has been murdered. And they kind of figured out that Ghostface is following stab three script and the next person to die in the film is the character of gail weathers who jennifer plays mm-hmm. and so she's worried like is the killer gonna come after her or is he gonna come after the real gail and she's like a little worried about it and she's being super dramatic about it and gail leaves and dewey follows her and uh, jennifer just jumps into stone's arms yeah. patrick warburton's and just the way she did it it was amazing it made it- me crack up it was very well done. Totally unexpected. Yeah. And I almost wonder if she improvised that. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. What was your cringiest line or moment? My cringiest line, I just felt like it had, it's awkwardly done, is Sydney is at the police station with Detective Kincaid. She asks him, what is your favorite scary movie? And cue <laughs> Patrick Dempsey, bringing the McDreamy, walks over, gets right into her face, and he's like, my life. Yeah, I don't even know what the <laughs> fuck that's supposed to mean. That's like, what are you doing? But she was kind of into it. She's like, me too. Yeah. yeah. That was mine as well, because <laughs> I thought it was really, I don't know if it was meant to be sexy, or at this point, she kind of has this feeling like, is he the stalker? Is he Ghostface? Yeah. Because she finds a file in his drawer where it's like a bunch of articles about her and her parents and... Mm-hmm you know, all of the murders from the past two movies and he disappears for a while conveniently, so. But I also get where you were going with the, is it supposed to be sexy? Because at the end, there appears they're dating. Yeah, maybe. So. Again, another 
like a subtle thing I kind of mentioned in Rookie of the Year where in my mind as a kid, I made up that Gary Busey's character and uh, Henry's mom get together mm-hmm. when they don't really imply it at, at all, I don't think. No, but we're just like, yeah, that happened. <laughs> Whereas like, I feel in this, at least he's hanging out with them at their house, so there's some implication that they're at least close friends, Yeah, you know? Yeah, for sure. And also, there's that part where Wallace, like, right after he meets uh, Sydney for the first time, Mark, and they drive to the set, and he's dropping off Wallace. He's like, just keep an eye on her. He's like, you can go buy her flowers and candy. Like, like he already has the hots for her. Yeah. I don't know. That's just weird. Like, hey, it's like, it seemed a little forced to me. Agreed. What was your best death scene? I was actually, there's a lot of deaths in this. Obviously. Uh, they bring the deaths. Let me count them. I count 10. Oh, wow. 10 deaths. I thought a lot of them actually compared to the first two movies were a little underwhelming. My favorite death was Tyson's. Okay. He gets stabbed, but then he's trying to run away from Ghostface. Ghostface literally pulls the rug out from underneath him. (laughs) I did. Literally. Yeah. So he goes flying into the air and then they get into a little scuffle and then Ghostface throws him out a window yep that was the most like badass death for me one of my favorite deaths in this movie is jennifer's uh parker posey's character because i think it might be the only one i remembered uh from Mm -hmm. watching this movie originally they're in a mansion obviously like you mentioned there's a secret room and then there's also these like secret hallways that kind of remind me a little bit of people under the stairs but a nicer kept yeah (laughs) secret hallway and she's running through it and Ghostface finds her and she sees Dewey and Gail through mm-hmm. a two-way mirror in a bedroom, which is creepy as fuck. She's banging on the door and she's like, help me, help me. And she's literally on the other side of the mirror and they get to her a little too late. Ghostface does stab her, but I just thought that that was super creepy. Yeah. I also like the fact that when she is banging on the mirror, it wasn't the typical it's soundproof and they can't hear her. Yeah. They look over and they can see that wall moving. It's definitely some soundproof because of the way she, but she was banging on it so hard that it did move it. Yeah, it would moved it and they immediately see it and Dewey is smart and he shoots at the top of it rather than let me shoot at the middle, not Uh, knowing what's behind it. (laughs) Though I did feel like when he does shoot the panel that she falls out of, like I think he has this look on his face like he's like, did I just shoot her? (laughs) Did I do that? (laughs) He turned into Steve Urkel. (laughs) Did you have any additional notes you wanted to talk about? Earlier you kind of talked about the voice changer that Ghostface uses and I felt they excessively used it to the point every time someone got a phone call, I just assume it was Ghostface. I agree. And I'm like, if you would have did it a couple of times, it would get past you. But yeah. as a viewer, you're like, that's the 17th time you've used that. And I know that's not Sydney on the phone. And I know that's not Roman. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know if we're meant to know that. And yeah. we're like, oh, these dumb characters don't know. But... Yeah, I agree that it is overused to the point where, you know, towards the end of the movie, when Sydney calls Dewey to say that she's on the way to this mansion, mm-hmm. and he's just like, why? Yeah. It, like, it doesn't make sense to him. No. I think the thing I like about this movie is that Sydney finally has come to terms with, like, in the beginning of the movie, she's very safe. She's hidden away. She is very secure and paranoid. But yes. But 
I don't blame her because this has literally happened twice to her now. I think it would just take one time for me to be right? that. Yeah. You know, in the first film it happens and then the second one she's like, I'm going to college. I'm starting anew. I have to get past this. And then it happens again. And so by this time she's just like, fuck. Yeah. I can't do anything right. So not that I blame her for any of this, but, you know, she feels partly to blame for yeah. all these deaths that were her friends and her family, whatever, mostly just friends. Mm-hmm. I did like in this movie, she does have a lot of growth because there is a point where she's just like fucking fed up with everything. Like when Roman gives his big like villain speech reveal that he's her really her half brother and that he orchestrated everything like Billy and Stu's whole thing in the first movie. And Cotton. And she's just like, get over yourself. Yeah. She's like, go to therapy. <laughs> and then she fought and she even did like the person thinks she's dead, turns away and then she disappears. Yeah. He didn't do the double tap. That's true. It's a rule. That's a rule from Zombieland, folks. <laughs> And applies with every horror movie. Make sure the killer is dead. Exactly. Shoot them in the head. Exactly. Which is what they have to do in this film. I was going to say, Dewey puts, I counted, nine shots in Roman's chest. And then Sydney's Sydney's like, like, shoot him in the head. Bam. Done. Yeah. Can't come back from that. Depends. If you're like a Terminator, you know, supernatural, I guess you can. That's true. But... She did fall for it, though, at one point uh, when she's trying to untie Dewey and Gail. She didn't do the double tap. No. And he was able to get up and disappear. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Did you have anything else? I did not. I mean, I went in and out of thinking like the reveal was a little more dramatic, obviously, than the first film or the second film. But I also feel like because of who Roman is as a person, he's a director, he's a creative type. He really wanted to push up that quality, yes. the theater quality, you know? Mm-hmm. Big reveal. The dramaticness of it. So I think it worked well. I, I agree. That's a good point. It's like, he's theatrical. Yeah. He's going to bring it. I did want to ask you, I mean, I don't know if you can remember, but when you first saw this film, did you have any idea of who was Ghostface? Yes. And I'm going to talk about it in my closing thoughts. Oh, okay. Yes. Gotcha. 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 Do you want to move on to the awards? Yes. As always on Ruining Our Childhood, it is award season. We give out two awards every week, the first of which is a valedictorian to the Nicolas Cage Online School of Bad Acting. Whom did you give your award to? I gave mine to Jenny McCarthy as Sarah Darling. Same. I think think everybody in this movie did a pretty good job and honestly a lot of the what i would call like the filler cast the people that were playing other people within this cast yeah mm-hmm. a lot of them could have been removed i yeah. mean obviously it, they were just there for a body count really mm-hmm. and i think she was definitely one of those characters and then there was nothing really wrong with her her part i did like her death scene but I just thought, like, meh, anybody could have been her. She didn't add anything to the movie for me. No. And you definitely could, like you said, you could take her out of the movie and it's not going to be a big deal. Right. I also, and I'm assuming this, I think Jenny McCarthy is a pretty person. But when she is acting a lot, especially when she's moving around trying to avoid death, she looks like she's smelling a fart. <laughs> That's her face when she's doing it. I'm like, Clay Thompson, what up? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Do you want to move on to the next award? Yes. That's quick and easy. Mm-hmm. The next award is the Thomas J. Hanks Award for Exceptional Acting. Who did you give your award to? I think we might have the same person. Really? Again. I gave mine to Parker Posey. Yes! Okay. She is over-the-top movie version of Gail, Courtney Cox, but she steals every scene she's in. Yes, exactly. She is amazing. Gail punches her in the face and she's just like, my lawyer liked that. <laughs> just, uh, oh. You know what's funny is that I totally forgot, not that she wasn't in this movie, but that she had such a big part in the movie. Yes. Because aside from Cindy, Cindy, aside from Sydney, Gail, and Dewey, she was kind of the next person, right? Yeah. I, I guess Patrick Dempsey too a little bit, but... I would even say she's probably in more scenes and has bigger lines because for the longest time, it appears she's just trying to stay with Gail because she figures if Ghostface is going to kill somebody, they're going to kill Gail and not her. That's true. And it's kind of like a stick together type thing that they kind of make fun of because I feel like in a lot of the previous films, everybody gets separated and that's usually the worst time. Yes. But there was a point where like, shouldn't we all stay together? And then... But the ghost face comes out and punches doing the face. So I'm like, well, that didn't work out. But yeah, she literally, like, every scene she was in was hilarious. And I like when they go to confront John Milton and ask him about how he knows Sydney's mom. Mm-hmm. And she's like, you were obsessed with her and you were obsessed with her daughter. Like, really? <laughs> and that's when Courtney, yeah. Calm down, Geraldo. Yeah, it was just... I know what's funny is I think I might have given her my Nicolas Cage for You've Got Mail because I think she was really underutilized. That could be. Yeah. Because she has a very great comedic timing. She like, does. And she does. I think she just really breathes new life into the original cast. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of bummed that she got killed. But I Same. did like her death scene. And I pointed this out to you is if you look at the poster to this movie, the one that I had on the back of my bedroom door... <laughs> It has Nev Campbell, I believe David Arquette, Courtney Cox. Then it makes sense. You have Parker Posey on yeah. this. But then Dion Richmond is on the cover of the poster. He is not a big part in this movie. He really isn't. I wouldn't have put Cotton or Leif Schreiber on it because... he dies in the Well, and it's time. a little bit of a cameo. Yeah. You don't know he's really going to be in the movie type of a thing. So I get not putting him up there. That's true. But I was like, why is that guy on it? Well, because he, yeah, I'm like, they could have had him in a bigger part, Mm -hmm. but there were scenes that he wasn't in because he wasn't at like Jennifer's party when the house explodes. Yeah. Put Foley on it. Yeah. Made no sense to me. It it didn't. I agree. And yeah, Scott Foley probably should have been on it. He is the killer. But I never put two and two together either that Parker Posey was on that poster and steals every scene. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. She She was definitely my favorite part Mm -hmm. everybody else was good like from the main cast the the reoccurring characters are good i think nev campbell did a really great job with showing like the strength that sydney had because i think she was in the first film kind of this obviously she's 16 she's you know she's young and she's kind of naive and Mm -hmm. but do you want to move on to our final thoughts yes what did you think i thought it is a very fun movie I know people always go, it's the worst one, but I think it's more, it's not as good as the other two because the other two are so good. Yeah. This is not a bad movie. And you asked earlier, 
if I had any indication who Ghostface was. And I think this movie is great about making you do... It does everything it can for you to think it's Patrick Dempsey. Yes. And so when I watched it, that's who I thought it was. I The whole time, I'm going, Patrick Dempsey's not dead. He's going to... There's two killers again, like, thinking he's somehow involved. And he's not. <laughs> he's another half-brother. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> how... He's going to kill her. I'm like, no. So they did everything. And I was like, it was so well done in the sense when I'm watching this again, because I haven't seen it in a long time. I'm like, God, it's so obvious. Dempsey's a killer. Oh, that's what I was doing. And then I was like going, is he? And I'm thinking, I'm like, well, wait a minute. Is it Scott Foley or is it Dempsey? It's Dempsey, right? I'm having this conversation in my head. And then I was like, okay, it's Dempsey because see, they just killed Scott Foley. But they didn't show his death on screen. Nope. He's just hanging out in a casket. Yeah. Like a creep. Which is a red flag or a clue, as some people would say. (laughs) What did you think? I thought it was great. There's parts of this movie that is repetitive to its previous films. And there's parts that do drag down a little. They're not as good as the first one. Yeah. Because the first one was kind of like almost like revolutionary in, in its genre. Yes. But... I think what makes it great is the fact that the reveal was as dramatic as it was and the fact that he took responsibility for murdering her mom for being her half-brother, which is a very soap opera reveal, but it's cool. Yeah. And being the person that started this whole thing. Mm -hmm. So it definitely has like a final ending and I know there's a fourth film, potentially more. Yeah. But it does give it this final thing like this is the end game this is the person this is the big villain you know i think the one thing i don't like about the these movies looking back on them now is how her mom is portrayed because if you think about it especially with the knowledge of this movie sounds like she was possibly like sexually assaulted by numerous men Mm -hmm. and then she ended up like having a baby Mm -hmm. from the rape that is roman Mm -hmm. scott foley's character And then she, you know, goes back home, starts a new life. And while she's made a lot of mistakes, but people have, like, labored as slutty and a horrible person. She deserved to die. And and even, like, Nev Campbell, uh, even Sydney, thinks of her mom this way. And I think, like, Patrick Dempsey's character says a line to her uh, right before he leaves. He says, like, it just matters what you think, what she was to you, Mm -hmm. not what she was to everybody else. So I'm like, if she was a good mom to you, that's all that should matter. Yeah. Which it, it it's kind of like this um this thing we do with women is like they can only be one thing. So your mom can only be your mom. She yes. can't be this complex person who might have issues or might cheat on her husband. That doesn't make her a bad mom. No, she's a person. Yeah, exactly. So that's my only knock on these films because I feel like while they do have that line and it makes Sydney help think of her mother in a better light i i feel like they still kind of shitty towards women yeah you know i agree but besides that (laughs) i did enjoy this movie i thought it was fun i did like the dramatic reveal and all the cameos and screams are just good horror movies i'm excited to watch the fourth one again because that i know i've only seen one time yes saw it in theaters Mm -hmm. I think it helped that I remembered very little about this movie. So it was a lot of fun to watch it again. So yeah. if you haven't seen this in years, by all means, go watch it. It is a fun watch. Yeah, I, yeah. I agree. Mm-hmm. 
Again, we apologize that this is not Airheads. No. Sorry, guys. Yeah. So we decided that we are going to do another horror movie next week, so we're not going to have a poll. Mm -hmm. Do you want to tell them what movie you want to do? Yes. The next one we're going to do is the 1998, I believe, classic. Could be a 97. I know what you did last summer. Yeah. Yeah. Another one of those good ones from our teens. Yeah, and I haven't seen that movie in maybe 20 years. Yes. I think I might have rewatched the first one right before I rented the second one. I don't even know if I did that. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, so we'll uh, restart the Loser Bracket polls in the following week. So definitely check those out on Thursday through Saturday. Mm -hmm. And don't forget, next week, or this coming up Friday... This coming up Friday. We'll have a bonus sode. A TV bonus sode. Yeah. Boy Meets World. Boy Meets World. Yeah. It's going to be a good one. And the way you can listen to the bonus sodes, join the Ruiners Club at ruiningourchildhood.com. It's free. Yeah. You get a couple emails a month. Get some bonus sodes. Get a membership card. Get a membership card. Maybe another contest soon. Yeah. We don't know. We're just making it up as we go. That's awesome. <laughs> Also, real quick, we mentioned our polls. We did take the time to go look and make sure the rest of the movies, if we didn't already own them, the rest of the ones that are coming up in polls are available to us. So, so we don't have this issue again. We will not have a repeat. Hopefully. Hopefully. Unless, Unless in the next month they take off all like, of the movies. You know what? Let's get 2012 off of there and let's not have it where you can even rent it. Yeah. Jerks. Yeah, jerks. <laughs> you little jerk. You little jerk. Shout out to Parker Posey. On New Girl. Yes. It's, it's all coming back full circle. Okay. So thanks for listening, guys. Hope you have a great week. Talk to you later. Bye. Okay, bye. Bye.